Hello, I'm Richard Abrahams, and welcome to my podcast, which is entitled Unlock Your Mental Health. I've been running a business in Leeds for over 30 years, and over that period, I've had a couple of mental health challenges along the way. Talking about mental health, joining me on the couch is a great friend of mine, Charlie Gregory. Hi, Charlie. Good evening. How are we? Uh, good evening. Yes, very well, thank you. Not too bad. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Missing uh, the family away this week, so I've got a week to kick back and work and relax and think and eat. Sounds lovely. Well, well talking of the family, what I'd like to ask you first, Charlie, is what does home mean to you? So home is a place where, for me, it's a place where you've got tranquility and peace and a place to reflect, almost a place to convalesce. Uh, I've got two young kids that you know, Sam, who's 10, uh, Zach, who is seven. It's very quiet this week, as I said, because they're both away. Um, there's normally a lot of noise around the house. I'm missing that noise this week, I must admit. And uh, I love cooking, so I make a lot of food in the kitchen. We've just had a redone. And uh, photography, as you know, I'm a keen photographer, so there's lots of nice imagery around the house. And I just love the fact that, you know, home is a place that you make your own. It's a place where you can chill out and have your own time to just think and reflect. Read the podcast today. Um, if we set a, a little agenda, uh, I think we'll be talking about running a small business, uh, the challenges of running a small business, uh, the spinning plates scenario um, and men's mental health and touching on, you know, the challenges we have running a business and potentially um, what challenges that that we've both had uh, along the way. Um, So what are the challenges of, of running your business, do you reckon? Well, they're numerous, aren't they? They're, they're never ending, the challenges. And I think if you stop to think about them for too long, we probably wouldn't do what mm. we do. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, it's weird that because thinking about that question you just asked, I think you actually set your own challenges and everybody's obstacles are different depending on the way they frame certain things or their skill set. So some people are brilliant at making money, other people aren't. Some people are great at employing people, other people aren't. And I think, you know, everybody's challenges are different. I could talk about a few of mine. Um, Managing people is something that I've not been brilliant at over time, but have got better at. Um, Why do you you think you're not good at managing people? I don't know. I think it's a good question. It's never something I've sat down and analysed. Maybe it's a lack of skill set around HR and managing, getting the best out of people or being a natural leader. I think it's the fear of, of having lots of people to manage and, you know, just giving them the freedom to get on and do their own thing without being too much of a an ex-manager and breathing down the neck and stuff. But <clears throat> I've got better at that now. I know from managing people now, it's about give them the resources, um, you know, give them what they need to do and get out of the way, you know, just let them get on with it. So just more about letting them crack on. I think one of the things... you can't that, manage people, really. No, I think one of the things that I found, especially... Uh, during COVID times and lockdown uh, and after was the fact that, you know, you are basically 
um, in your business, a psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever it is, to your members of staff. And they really need you. Um, and as well as all the challenges that you've got at home, um, you you ultimately, these people rely on you. They do. They do. They are. It's like having children or, or babies or uh, people that do require But I think the skill to leadership is about cutting people. Well, the skill to leadership is about creating more leaders. That is actually the whole piece. And I think with that comes a lot of responsibility. But also with that comes a lot of inspiration that you are helping and supporting other people be to become better versions of themselves. Mm. Hey, talking of leaders, um, on a light-hearted note, uh, I know you, you, you do a few uh, impressions. And uh, if you remember the time that uh, uh, we were booking to play golf at Trump Turnbury, okay. and um, you you pretended to be uh, Mr. Donald, Trump. so great. It's a great course, one of my favourites, I have to tell you. Great course, nothing to do with me. I never built it, you know. Tremendous place. I've got a lot of good friends there. Nancy Pelosi, she plays that terrible woman. <laughs> I tell you what, you really, uh, you really got the staff a bit concerned when you when you found them and said you were on the way, didn't you? I did. Yeah. It's Donald here. I'll be there in two minutes. Please get my balls ready. <laughs> so, what I've noticed about you is Charlie, and we've been on the beach, sitting there having a beer, or uh, in a bar. Uh, it's all beer related, isn't it? Um, you have, for want of a better word, over the years, tried to better yourself yeah. in the respect of having a life coach, yeah. going to seminars, listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, where where did this journey begin? Thinking back to that great question, I've always, and I think it's an important thing for people to have mentors in their life and to grow and learn because that's, for me, that's the main part of the purpose of the journey is, to, is not the end destination, it's who you become on on the way. And I think mentors, coaches, whatever it is that you've got, um, or somebody around you to guide you, it helps you to see things from a different perspective. It helps you to learn new skills and implement them into your business. And, and I guess you just take the best bits of what people give give you and show you. I think my first business coach was a, was a former police officer called Margaret. And one of the things that stuck with me that she shared with me was uh, praise in public and admonish in private. So that was a great leadership tip, not mm. to put people down in um, in public because you take everybody with you. Yeah, but you've, you've got a lot more phrases. Oh, there's a lot, lot more. Catchphrase, <laughs> Roy Walker, but we're not going to go there. I didn't know you did a Roy Walker. I don't, actually. I yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's talk about some of the, oh, I know, the interesting thing that you told me um, because I think we tend to overcomplicate business. Uh, but one thing you um, taught me when we were uh, on one of our golfing trips in uh, in Spain was about the scorecard concept. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, which um, just elaborate on that because it's quite fascinating. Okay. So my sort of latest um, the coach that I've been working with for the past couple of years, a guy called Martin Norbury. He's quite well known in the business sort of um, mentor world. He's written a book called I Don't Work Fridays. He's a best-selling author. He sold out twice as well. So this is not a pitch for him, but just to kind of put it into perspective. So he he works with a guy called Nigel Botterill who fronts the Entrepreneur's Circle, otherwise known as the EC. And a lot of the stuff or one of the key ways to monitor your progress in business that they talk about a lot 
is keeping scorecards because if you don't know what your scorecard is, how do you know the score? So it's just a basic way of of having, you know, f maximum of five key stats on a spreadsheet that allows you to keep a gauge on, let's say, the number of leads that your business needs, the number of conversions, the average order value and the total sales. That's just a simplistic four uh, column spreadsheet just to keep a track. And I think what it does is it allows you to not only monitor your progress, but it also gives you something to aim for as well. And if that's reviewed on a weekly basis, if you, if you hit your target, you turn it green. If you don't hit your target, you turn it red. And you can see very visually where your business is, is at at any one time. Yeah, actually, you'd really help me with that because, um, you know, one tends to overcomplicate their own business. And literally, uh, when I got back from that holiday, I thought, y you're right. There's only two or three key numbers that, yeah. that, that we need to keep track on. Uh, and I think when you're really in... Uh, Entrenched? Is that entrenched? Entrenched. <laughs> entrenched, that's the word. Um, in your own business, you sometimes lose track of the actual bottom line or top line, as it were. You know, it is hard to see, you know, the wood for the trees or you lose the smell metaphorically of your own aftershave mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you're, you're in. And that's another great reason to have a mentor because they can help you see things from the outside that you're not seeing yourself. Um, but just to talk a bit more about the simplicity of business, there's probably not much point in having a scorecard if you're chasing after too many rabbits. Mm. So the first really important thing that, that I've learned, and it's only really happened in the last three years, is to stop this shiny object syndrome that we've talked about before, which is all, as I've found out, because I've done a lot more digging, the psychology behind it is because we get bored very easily. We don't think we can achieve what we've set out to do, so we just go start something else. Mm. And that starting something else gives us that endorphin rush or that initial you know, uh, that rush of, oh, yeah, I'm so excited to have started something new. But it's just a way to avoid the boredom that's required to stay with one vehicle and do it properly. Yeah, and, and I, I'm probably similar to you. Uh, sometimes get a bit obsessed or excited about uh, certain things where I'm not sticking to the path, as it were, and suddenly you veer off and you lose total um, concentration. Um and you talk about that a lot. I do. Um, and it's a skill that, you know, requires constant monitoring. For me, you know, easily distracted. I'm creative by nature. And, you know, we are living in a world of constant, massive distraction. And unless you're disciplined to go dark, as they say, turn your phones off, you know, zone out, get into the flow, whatever it is, whichever way you want to explain it, it's you're open to, you know, going straight into your inbox or looking at a cat video on YouTube or Facebook or get pulled in directions that are not um, beneficial or productive in any way. And I think one of the, you know, I look at this guy called Stephen Kotler. He talks a lot about getting into flow state. And I think when you can achieve that flow state, as we're doing now in this conversation, you can get so much more done. Mm. But if you're open and, you know, you let yourself be distracted or interrupted by staff members, um, you, you get nothing done. Let's talk about... Uh mental health um there's so much at the moment talked about uh, especially in my industry in the construction industry about exposing this unlocking mental health uh, and the challenges men face but so many more men now are actually coming out the woodwork and saying i've got a problem i need to sort it out um a lot of this relates to this and we've talked about this before, this stress bucket uh, analogy, whereby you just get overloaded yep. with 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 
uh, everything. Um, have you experienced or have you thought you have had mental health issues yourself? I would say that no until the last 24 months. And I've, I've I've found a pattern that's that's happened a couple of times, and you're aware of it yourself because mm. you've seen me go through it, where my business is relatively seasonal. So we have a, a really busy end of year four months from September through to December. And there's a really interesting um, saying, which is action is the antidote to worry. And when you're really, really busy, you don't have time to think and it's great and I think we all enjoy being busy because the opposite of that is having no meaning or purpose and so I think things to fill your time are critical and that's why I've got a view on retirement which I'll talk about later but um, this so in January it goes really quiet really quiet for like January February and for most businesses it does but mine particularly it's like lights out compared to complete manic running around and busy and lots of money coming in and I found that for the last couple of years I have gone into I wouldn't say a dark place, but I've noticed that my mood has changed as I come out of the Christmas busyness and taking lots of money and being really busy. So the January, February of just getting a bit more concerned about right, where's the next bit of money coming from? How are we going to get through this period of time? It's cold outside. There's no golf going on. And and then it's my birthday and you get another year older and all these things mm. compound. And, and I can relate to people that, you know, go through dark periods of time because we all do ultimately you know there's nobody no human being on earth that is getting away with you know sailing through life scot-free and actually you know i've seen you in your valdunican chair uh looking a bit grim yes uh and you know it, it's basically uh probably seasonal for you mm -hmm. um and an interesting thing that we've discussed as well is how your physical health yeah. was affected and having gone through things myself i know that there's a big correlation between your physical That's and it. your mental health mm -hmm. uh for me um one of you the know there's a whole topic around that well yeah psycho neuroimmunology is a study of the mind wow. and yeah. the interaction with the body and we're a it's a complete unit yeah, not yeah. separate in any way and interestingly i had bronchitis for a, a long drawn out period of time at the beginning of the year and it tied in with this feeling of not quite feeling the mm. 100% mentally. And I looked on Google just out of interest, you know, is there a tie between feeling not yourself and, um, you know, viruses? And there is. You've got a 72% chance of feeling more run down, more depressed if you've got uh, an ongoing mm. virus, which I had. And I wasn't sure whether it was the horse pulling the cart or the, yeah. or the other way around, but they, they're a unit together. Well, they are. And the problem I had in particular was, talking of Google, was uh, I was uh, probably a victim of this thing called cypochondria. And whether it was I wanted to push the mental health thing to one side, uh, I was looking on Google at my physical symptoms, probably looking that, for something that oh I'm 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 ill I've got I've got a neurological disorder or whatever but actually this was it was a disguise uh, a if I didn't want to really say it or yeah, yeah. admit it that I actually had stress and anxiety depression all these things that are mental health side so that's slightly different angle but knowing full well that physical symptoms are definitely related and interconnected with massively, your mental side. massively. I mean, disease, the word disease is, is a Latin word, mm. which means two-ness or separation of mind and body. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, it's no wonder when you think about the body as a, as a holistic unit, you know, if one goes, the other follows. And that's why it's so important to take have a, a routine where you take care of your body, you take care of your mind, you take care of the whole the whole thing as one rather than think that they're separate because they're not. Well, they're not remotely separate. You do like take care of your body, but you were a man of extremes as well. And uh, sorry, I know we keep talking about beer and my wife won't be happy li listening to this, but you know, you may go through a phase and you phone me after work and say, let's have a beer or whatever. Yeah, and then, so do and you. then the next week, yeah. <laughs> so, and then the next, the next week or the next month you say, right, I'm off the beer. I'm going to play squash. I'm going to the gym and yeah, you get mentally yeah. disciplined. Yes. So is that, is that sort of the nature of you that you are sort of yes. all or nothing? Yeah. Uh, I'm and a probably Pisces. very similar to me. Yeah. I'm a fish. Mm. I'm a fish. But I think you can find ha happiness at all extremes of the spectrum there. Like if I'm off, I wouldn't say I go on a bender, but if I have, you know, a great time on holiday where I'm drinking frequently and having a good laugh, it's great. And there is a price to pay for that because you come back and you feel like shit and you know that you've mm, overdone it mm. and you get a sore throat and you feel run down mm. and then you have to go through the healthy bit. Mm. And, and you know, but then doing it the other way is ultimately I'm not, you know, a monk and I do enjoy myself and I like to have a good time. And somewhere in the middle, like everything in life, there's a balance. Um, and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no point asking you what the message is uh, for people out there that, that want to uh, stay reasonably normal, whatever normal is. Well, there is no normal. And actually, to, I was joking that I think I have found the balance. It's probably on the wrong side of the balance thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we all like to enjoy ourselves and have a good time. And as long as, you know, the output doesn't go too far above the input or whatever the, the way it should be around is. But you just need to make sure that you do the right things. You look after yourself. You eat healthily, putting good stuff into your mind, rising early, uh, playing sports, training, going to the gym. And it's about rewards versus effort i think you know if you're always just having the rewards that's no good and if you're not making the effort that's not good it's just finding that balance that works for you don't you find as we're getting a bit older uh whether it be friends or relatives or you're coming across people with problems all the time mm -hmm. is this because we're getting older are people genuinely have people genuinely got more problems or is it all now coming out as all these different terms uh, like, you know, stress, depression or or what is it? Because it seems I think it's a twofold thing. I think life's getting harder. I think that's uh, an obvious thing to say and not to be um, ashamed of saying. I think there's so much difficulty in the world. You know, making money is harder. Everything's more expensive. There's inflation. There's wars. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I actually think that people's ability to handle it's diminishing as well at the same time. So you've got things getting harder and people not as able to handle the stuff because they've got, you know, it's pervasive. It's everywhere. Mental health is not, you know, a one-man show. Everyone suffers in some way or form to some extent. So I think it's a dual, it's a dual path of things getting harder, people getting weaker. How good are you at helping people Pretty good, mental actually. health? Probably better at helping others than I am at helping myself. Mm. You know what? I think I think I'm the same. Mm. Yeah, maybe we're both a bit. Well, you help me, and I'll help you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, talking of help, what about what about golf? Because obviously, we both like we both love golf uh, in our shorts and in nice weather. Yes. And there's nothing better than a great well, I do holiday prefer it when you wear trousers. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing better than eight guys going away to Spain, having a great time. Talk about relaxation and having fun. That is fun. Do you think you've mastered golf? Have I, Eck? I don't think you ever mastered golf. 
I think if you if you even if you if you were to ask John Rahm after just winning the Masters, do you think you've you mastered golf? And he would say no. He probably left a few out there. Um, how me- how mental is is the game? You know what what sort oh, of percentages? I'd say eighty five percent in the same way that weight loss is, or any sports are. You know you you know golf is you know full well that like business when you get in the zone, which is what it's all about, and you have that balance between which I think has been referred to by what's the golf psychologist called that's written all the books uh, not the one that worked with Faldo not, one. not him uh, no um, I'll remember there's it. the inner game of golf as well I can't remember it's it, him but, yeah. Dr Bob Rattel right, that's yeah. right so and I think Rory McIlroy who had a little bat on at the Masters and let me down he didn't make the cut no. he could do with going to see Dr Bob Rattel but he talks about playing with considered indifference which is that a, a point in your mind where you care a little bit but you don't care enough and you're in the peak state, the optimal state for sport is just relaxed. And it's all about, it's a new, so for me, golf's a neuro system game. It's all about, it's this thing we we're talking about before about the mind and the body. It's what the eye sees and what the body then does. And it's getting your, your mind and body into a peak neurological state so that your body does what your eyes just seen. And there's a, the, that's why Tiger dominated the game, I think, because he was so, Meditative, meditative in his approach and so in his little bubble of focus and what he saw with his eye he just went and produced with his body and that I think is the peak state for most sports I mean I find that now you know, I used to get so screwed up about golf uh, I used to be in an awful state running up to the golf club after work rushing to the tee wound up from work anyway and just couldn't play so now I take that out of the equation I don't rush up to play golf. I've got to be relaxed yeah. and and fit mentally and physically to play golf and to enjoy it. And I think what you do is you find what you're good at. Some people love running up after work. I don't. I used to do that as well. I used to do it's not it's not a great state to play golf in. No. Or squash or anything. You know, you've got other stuff on your mind. Your head's still at the office. Your body's not in a relaxed mode, and you can't you can't play or perform to any peak, you know, state when your head's not in that right place. Mm. Charlie, talk to me. Uh, do you think you're successful? That's a great question. No. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let me let me revise that. What is success? Do you know what? It's very interesting. It's such an interesting question that because because you could have asked like you just did, what makes people successful? But you asked me if I think I'm successful. And what's really interesting about that question is that meaning only means anything because of the meaning that you give it yourself. And I know that a lot of people look at me, some friends have said to me, and out of all the people I know, you've got balance right. And, you know, you, really? you know <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a massive money earner. I don't yet have the huge business that I dream of, but I've got all the stuff that I've kind of wanted and needed. And I've got a beautiful family, which is the most important thing. And, you know, a lot of love around me and great friends. And I've got all the stuff that matters. So when I think it through, yes. I am successful, but when you asked me the question initially, my first response to that was no, which was mm. very interesting. And I don't know why it took me a minute to talk through it to give you a different no, answer, but that was just my yeah. knee-jerk reaction. Good question, wasn't it? It really was. Do you think you're successful? Yes. Do you, only want, on do, the... you, do you want someone to convince yourself now? <laughs> <laughs> no, joking. only on the basis of what you've just said. Yeah. Are you lucky to have... The things around you that Absolutely. what a lot of them mean to you. Yeah. I've no money, but I feel successful. I is that success though, really? Yeah. What's it all about, eh? As long as you've got a few quid to 
Absolutely. Do a few Seems to do all right to me. Do you, have, do you do anything to relax? I do. I do lots of things to relax. I probably do too much to relax and not enough to uh, not enough work, and that's why the balance that I have in my life is, is is good. I don't I don't overwork, and actually, I think what's really important is to have a framework in your life. I follow a guy called Robin Sharma, which you might have heard of him. He's written lots of successful books: The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, The Five AM Club. The whole morning industry thing is a big thing, and he's really tapped into that. And actually, that's one of the massive keys for me, which I wish that I was more consistent at, is the early rising. Because if you get up at 5 a.m., or even as he now purports, 4 a.m., you know, if you're spending three hours building your, what he calls, interior empires, so that's your soul set, your heart set, your mindset, and your health set, in those three hours in the morning, you are just in a different place altogether. Um, and it's very different to waking up at 7 o'clock or 6.30 even. You know, spending three hours of powerful time in the morning reading, meditating, and exercising, drinking water and thinking. It's just... So I think having that initial framework, so early rising is a massive, massive key for me. And I always write that down. Um, I do uh, lots of exercise on an evening. I play squash, play golf. Um, what else do I do to relax? Uh, meditation is a thing that I really enjoy doing. Mm. Um, very quickly on that, because I could go on about this for a while, but there's something, uh, Vishen Lakiani uh, is somebody that I follow. He's got uh, a podcast called Mind Valley. He talks about this six phase meditation which, you know, the tennis player, is it Radhakanu, Emma Radhakanu, she won the US oh, Open Emma, yeah. following doing this six-phase meditation mm -hmm. stuff. So so I do on a morning, I do 12 minutes and I do two minutes each on six things. And the things are compassion and love, gratitude, forgiveness. So those three are all to do with the present. And then the, the four, five, and six are all things to do with the future. So the fourth thing is um, your your future vision. The fifth thing is your ideal day. So what you do in the day to achieve that sort of wider vision. And the sixth thing is uh, spirituality and religion. And so I think it, I set myself a little alarm clock for 12 minutes and I do two minutes on each of those. That's really, really powerful. So when I, I want to send you a WhatsApp and it, it says last seen at 3 a.m. Yeah. I thought you were just finishing off some vino from the night before. That's But correct. you're actually up early doing your meditation. I, I, I was going to say I, the medi I, medication, the medication, not meditation. Yeah, I can't yeah. tell you which one it is. You'll have to guess. Yeah, right. But okay. uh, but no, the, the, the six-phase meditation thing, was something I started this year. Again, haven't found total consistency with it as yet, but journaling, uh, you know, writing things down is an incredible way to learn the lessons from the previous day and actually write them down mm. because sometimes they don't stick. And so, you know, I do follow a lot of stuff and I try to implement the best practices of different people uh, into my life right. to, to get, because I think if you don't practice or you don't have some sort of framework, I can see why it'd be easy to slip into declining mental health. You talked about framework a lot. Yeah. And, uh, just sort of explain a bit more cause you, you've mentioned this time and time again, it's obviously not sunk in with me cause I've forgotten what you said that this framework that, that one can work to yeah so um this is something i've learned with my time with martin norbury and it's to do with um business coach martin that's to do with this acronym called terms uh, and terms is an acronym for time energy resources money and sanity and you know so i'm actually very clear now about what i want to achieve in my life and how long it's sort of reverse engineered what I want from a business and how long it's going to take me to get there. And within that, I've, I've kind of calculated or designed, if you like, 
my life around how much time, energy, resources, money, and sanity I want to put into everything. And I'm not willing to work 100 hours a week and have a team of 50 people because that's not my idea of success. So back to your earlier question, I do feel I'm successful in the way that I've set my stall out for success and I'm following my chosen path. And yeah, part of that is I know what I need to get my business to produce to be able to afford my dream of having a chalet in the Alps is one of the things. I know how much energy I want to put into it, which in the next three to four years is all in. You know, the resources that I've got in my nice little office in just off street lane there and money, the end part of it is the money now and the money future mm. part of it and, and the sanity, which kind of ties in nicely with what we've been discussing today is how do you keep sane through this whole process? I, I think you're absolutely right that this framework, whether you're sticking to it 100% or what, will help and should help with your mental health. And if there's a lesson for people about unlocking mental health, then, you know, because, you know, people do ask, well, you know, can you help me? What what would you advise? And I think a lot of people, a lot of men and women, don't have a framework. They don't really know where they're going. And that's got to help. Massively. There's a blueprint, isn't it? I think uh, things do have blueprints, and I think success leaves clues. That's an Anthony Robbins-ism, is that one. But... um I just think having some clarity on where you're going, because aimlessness is a really bad disease. You know, just aimlessly going around, not quite understanding. It's, and I think then you, you lack purpose and meaning with your life. And that's a, probably a different kind of mental health issue to have. And clarity is something that's very difficult to get because you've got to think clearly into what you want to get out of your life. And, and thinking is much harder than I think people give it credit for. What... I suppose, life lessons on the way or what's something that you've learned that was a sort of a big uh, motivator or uh, game changer? You know, is there anything specific that you really look back on and think, oh, God, you know, that really changed things? Yeah, make peace with boredom. I know that probably sounds like, where, where's that come from? But... For me, one of my key challenges was that I was just trying to do different stuff all the time. Mm. And I tuned into a podcast called The One Thing, because for me, that was really relevant at the time. Mm. And that was about not doing multiple things or what's otherwise known as shiny object syndrome. And all shiny object syndrome is, is when we get bored, we do something, we distract ourselves with new things that aren't leading to the outcome. And actually, you know, success is about doing something for an uncommonly long period of time without convincing yourself you're smarter than you are. Yeah. Or, you know, thinking, oh, well, I can go and do this business now. I can go yeah. and set that up. Yeah, and you yeah. can't actually do that. Because Rory McIlroy is not also a vet and a car salesman. He just plays golf. And I'm sure that in his journey, it's got very boring for him or any of the great sports mm. people. But they've stuck to one path. And I came back from a, another trip with you. I'm not always on holiday with you. Again, thinking, right, completely wiped out all the intricacies that gave me aggravation in my business and to coin a phrase stuck to the path yeah and that is exactly what i'm doing we're doing what we're good at yes it might be the boring bread and butter but it you know that's what works it does and, and i it think it takes so much stress yeah i mean god i feel so much more uh relaxed for doing well, that. you know that, that's amazing that i've been able to impart that upon you or give you that wisdom to you know and i wouldn't you could have, be my mentor couldn't you I'd, Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely. But no, it's great to see, you know, uh, firing in that way. And 
making your business work by focusing on the simple things. And I think simplicity gives you peace of mind. You know, something that I've really taken from this latest mentor that, you know, just do one or two things really, really well. And actually another thing I'm going to share with you just to finish off on that, I've been listening to another guy on through a podcast called Alex Hormozy, American entrepreneur, runs a business now called uh, acquisitions.com. So he takes companies from three to 10 million to sort of scales them to 100 to 300 million. And he knows that it's all a long-term play in the same way that Warren Buffett over time, everything compounds. So you have to stay in the same game for a long period of time to out-compete your competitors Mm -hmm. because that's the only way to do it. And what's really interesting, the last thing I listened to, he said, you know, the key to the door is not in year one or three or five. It's often at 10, 15 or 20 years in. And I'm getting very close to that in my business Mm -hmm. now. It's that point where I know that we can win, you you know, I don't think you appreciate how good your business is. Uh, 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 when it's, for me, sitting in front of a customer and saying, first of all, we've outperformed all these competitors because they've gone. And when you hear excellent reports that someone, you know, had their work done 40 years ago by us and they've come back for more or it's a great recommendation and you think, wow, all we've done is stuck to the path, given customers an excellent service and we're there, we're still there. So... You don't normally give yourself a pat on the back because you're too, you know, involved with your business. But um, that's a, that's a fair point. So, what's the plan for the next two minutes or two years? Or have you got one? Two minutes finishing this interview. Two years build my business. Anymore? You've always got this sort of dream in your head. Yeah. Where you want, uh, and I think it's somewhere in the Alps, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I've, got, I've always had a, a Michigas, as they call it, or a, a, a dream of having a chalet in the Alps, which started when I went and did a, a season in teen when I was 17, 18, with a friend of mine called Simon Hamlet. And as I left after that season, there was a helicopter parked in a place called La Dye, which is at the bottom of the Alps, uh, just in next to Val d'Isere. And I looked up and there's this big Furnival railway and the sun was shining and I just had this, you know, just, just was in my heart then. So one day I'm going to own a chalet in the Alps. So... Big driver for me. Uh, I know it's a material thing, but it's something I've always wanted because I love the mountains, love skiing, and we go as a family in the summer. Is to own a chalet in the Alps. It's so beautiful there. So that's one of the big things that I'm aiming to achieve. Well, I hope you have a good year. Thank you. And uh, I will see you in Marbella in October. Lovely. Oh, and uh, Woodall Spa next week. Yes. And uh, Lytham St Anne's the week after. Well, yes. And. Yes, plenty of golf on the horizon. Uh, well, I've given you the training now. You know what to do. Well, next. I would say buy plenty of balls because of the tough courses. My balls again. You're talking about <laughs> my balls. Come on, Nancy. <laughs> so finish with a, a Boris for us. Well, I think it's not what we what we have to do is to you know look at our businesses and simplify the model, and we have to speak to our European friends and colleagues, and you know we 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 will win this battle of uh, mental health. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Let's go to the pub for a little beer. Lovely. See you there. Bye.